Welcome to Write Sweats, the world's premier weekly writing podcast. I'm Jesse, and joined today, as always, by my trusty co-hosties, Jen and Leah. Thanks, Jesse. Um, so, guys, let's talk about our uh, NaNoWriMo and review. Um, did you guys hit your goals or anything you'd do differently next time? So, if I were to hit my goal, I would have had to quit my job, build a time machine, go back in time to the beginning of September, start writing my novel then and then finish it. So I did not. I think what I would do next time is really nail down what I wanted to write and be a little more um, prepared. I really was not prepared this year. I decided at the very last minute to jump in and try it. And it just, it didn't work. I failed. I floundered and everything that I thought of was distracting. Nothing kept me on track. So I think next year I will prepare better. I still think it's amazing, though, that you stuck with it, even though you did feel kind of like unsure of what you were doing. I think that's still really cool. Leah. I, just, you know, I want to give you props. When you said you started the night before, I think you started at like 11 the night before. It wasn't like two days before you're like, oh, I'm going to do this. It was like Nano started and you saw it on Facebook. and You're like, I'm going to do that right now as well. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty good for zero preparation. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm excited to see where this podcast takes us and what it looks like a year from now, because I think my skill as a writer, my skill as a, a more of an automatic writer, too, will be a little more improved. So I'm excited for that. I'm definitely going to do it next year with more forethought. Uh, How did yours end up, Jesse? Um, I didn't even get halfway. I feel like I started off really strong. Uh, I was up to all the counts where they were supposed to be, I believe, for the first week or so. And then I kind of dropped off. And I think I stopped around 18,000. So, you know, it really slowed down and then stopped. Uh, But I also put no effort into it. And it was a little like just jumping in the deep end because I had not written for a long time beforehand. And I thought I could handle this thing I'd never done before. So I'm not I'm not too um, down on myself. I think what I did was good. What I did was more than I've ever done. And I'm not but I, I'm happy with what it is. I'm not going to go out there and brag about 18,000 words, but I'm still excited about what I did. I was saying the, in the scope of your own personal achievement, you said pretty early on that you already passed the point you were at last year when you gave up yeah. and you pushed significantly past that. Yeah. You had a really yeah. solid idea. And I think we were all excited to see where if not that idea went all the little germs of an idea that came from it. So. And those are still around. They haven't gone anywhere. How about you, Jen? Where'd you end up? Did you win this year again, three years in a row? No, I did not win uh, this year at all. Really just got hit hard toward the end there. Um, (laughs) I actually got to somewhere between like 35,000 and 40,000. Oh, that's not bad. It was pretty good, but I didn't update the website. Oh. um, And you have to do that in order for it. You have to like actually submit your text. So that it can like verify that you actually wrote that many words. Oh wow, you got a copy and paste it in. Yeah, and I never did that. I just like fell asleep at like eleven p.m. and I was like, I should probably do that before I fall asleep. And then I fell asleep. It's like before the <laughs> oh no, before December first, you have to do that. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. You have to validate your word count. Um, yeah. I mean, nothing comes out of that. Like the only point of validating your word count. Um, is really if you think you won and then you can get um, like all these like free things that sponsors give you like just some prizes basically. There were prizes? <laughs> yeah, you didn't know about that? Was the friends we made along the way. I would have yeah. been on top of this the whole time if I knew it meant, what is it, like half off yogurt land or something? You get um, you get a discount on Scrivener actually, which is a writing um, software that's oh. really, really popular. Mm. And you also get a few other things like sometimes... 
every year it's different but you know a few years in the the back in the past they had a this thing where you could print your novel like an actual print form like and uh with like a novel cover and everything cheap or free oh for free yeah that's nice it's always so different to hold stuff in your hand and especially i think if you're serious about editing the work having a that uh, tactile version is very important, I think. Even if it's yeah. just something cool like that, which I don't think you want to write on, but maybe you do. I don't know. I've seen you write on your favorite books. Who said you wouldn't write in your own? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I, so I, write in all, I write in all my favorite books. You know, some people get real mad about that, but for me, it's just a sign of like loving that book. Yeah, I've got no, I've got no attachment to it. He's actually very pro writing books to the point where if you're going to gift him a book, he is excited to see what you write in it as like mm-hmm. a little... Note. I remember when I, I taught I taught freshman English a couple times or helped teach that class a couple times. Mm-hmm. And those kids are so against writing in their books. They spent all this money in. And, and in English class, too, it's not really even textbooks, even at that level. A lot of times it's just novels that cost twelve ninety nine on Amazon that they rented from the bookstore. And so a lot of times I've had to write in my students' books to kind of force them out of it, which never really works, but it's fun for me. A lot of times they'll do their books because they're hoping to resell them. And it's like, honey, that's not worth anything. That is not a $600 textbook. That's a copy of Frankenstein. No one wants it. Even a $600 textbook, you're going to take it back to school pristine two months later. And they're going to give you $4 for it. It's the GameStop (laughs) buyback. It's worse than the GameStop buyback. It's worse than the GameStop buyback because they're going to, there's going to be a new edition between Mm -hmm. your first semester and your second semester. And the one you bring back is worthless. Yeah. You're basically just recycling. Yeah. It. And then really? yeah, those those books you write notes in are, I don't know, I don't get rid of them. You no, I hate you the don't. book. Yeah. yeah. So neither, none of us won this year. <laughs> none of us won. All three of us are losers. I, losers. I don't want to say losers. I was trying to find like a nicer word, like, but I, I the, the nicer word that I came up with was try hard. And I'm like, wait, no. What's not the like nano sanction? Uh, we're participants. We're participants, so it is. We are. We try. We're triers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that sounds any better. I think I'd rather be a loser. Tryhards, Attempters. Yeah. I don't Attempters. know. I was about to say, at least the losers club got to fight the scary clown monster. The triers <laughs> didn't do anything. Yeah, I think I'm happy just being a loser. You know, it's like no, no shame there. I, uh-huh. no. I knew. I actually kind of knew at the beginning of this month or beginning of November that I was not going to win because I could just feel that I was not like mentally there to like push myself. And I'm like, you know what? If I don't feel mentally strong enough to do that, I'm not going to like hurt my like stress levels for NaNoWriMo. I'm not doing it. Uh-huh. I wasn't not there for it. it so yeah. Well, I think that's a lot of also why we did this podcast in the first place, because I think we all knew we weren't going to do it if we didn't have to. Yeah. So I think even this little bit is is still something. Uh, and I, I don't think it's escaped anybody from whatever few listeners we have, too, that we all failed at the one thing that was the premise of the podcast <laughs> that has not escaped us at all. I think it's it's very funny, and hopefully we can keep the gas in this tank of a car that was never running I, I, I really do wonder though if uh there was a way to transcribe our episodes how many words we put out there on this podcast that could have essentially gone into our novels yeah that's what i was thinking too how would you count this as work because it, it is you know mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm still just trying to figure out a, a nice way a nice way to call ourselves losers i think there's got to be a 
I'm, I'm, that's the bug that's still in my ear. You know what? Instead of trying to find a different word, we should just embrace that we're losers, but reframe it and like, you know, make it okay. I mean, I guess there's the, there's the idea that you can only lose a game that you actually played. So Jen played. She traveled to play it. She was on the traveling team. That's Ooh. true. I went all the way to a different state to play this game. Away oh, team. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, I do think the exciting thing is we all enter Nano really wanting to get something new and different out of this year from ourselves. Uh-huh. I think we got that with our podcast. And I think that has continued on. I think more so than before, I want to keep doing not just the podcast, but I want to keep writing and keep doing something to be creative. But it's hard when you don't have that guideline of Nano to be like, okay, for a month, this is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So what does it look like outside of that? And I think we've all come to a really fun, whimsical, uh, just plain silly idea of what to do next. So Jesse, do you want to launch that? Yeah. Uh, so it's December, which is the holiday season. Um, you have your Christmases, your Kwanzaas, your Hanukkahs, your Festivuses. For the rest of this is. Boxing days. But the important part is now Netflix and Hulu all have Christmas movies to watch. Oh, and they are absolute piping hot garbage. I, I love them. I love them. No, no better time of the year than Netflix Christmas movie time, which before yes. was Hallmark movie time, which before that was Lifetime Christmas movie time. But it's all just... They're all so good. They're all so corny, and I love them all. Same. And so I thought this year, considering we all like all of those things, to keep these writing muscles still kind of going, what if we wrote our own holiday, Netflix <laughs> holiday-esque, not movie, because screenwriting is a whole different bag of tricks that we don't quite have yet. No, not yet. <laughs> but just some sort of you know story in the style of one of those. So something that's romantic and cheesy and... You know, it's really all about true love and the magic of the holidays. Yeah. yeah. For example, mm-hmm. we watched um, there's The Princess Switch with Vanessa Hudgens, which is really good. We've watched it twice in the last five days, probably. We watched, last night we watched the Christmas Prince 1 and then the Christmas Prince 2 sequel. Because that back came to out. Back baby. Back to back. That came out earlier that day. So we watched both of those. And all three of those are kind of the same. They're kind of fully interchangeable, plot-wise, acting-wise, everything-wise. But I thought it'd be really fun to sort of try to emulate that and sort of lovingly, not even satirize it, but lovingly just do it our way. Right. And, you know, that those are the, the most recent ones. There was a point a couple years ago when I lived with some friends of mine that the dog, when he was home, would be kind of anxious. And so he watched every Hallmark Christmas movie that was on and we all watched whatever was on with him. So who countless and countless titles. Uh-huh. And then we think about the ones that were before that, that we grew up with, like the Santa Claus and Miracle on 34th street and the remake of Miracle on 34th street. Well, then there's all the kid ones. There's all the talking dog movies. You know, there's a lot of bleed over with all of my other favorite genres when it comes to holiday movies. There's, body switch movies, there's talking animals, there's the commoner who looks just like a royalty. The prince and the pauper. Yeah. All of my favorite sort of things to go through. There's a, oh, uh, what's the Nick Cage one, the family man? Oh, yeah. Where he lives his separate life because Don Cheadle cursed him. No, family man. Oh, family man. Oh, yeah. We talked about this. So it's not even a body switch movie. It's just like a, what your life, it's not, I guess it's not, it's a Christmas carol, yeah. It's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. That's right. I've not seen that one. <laughs> what? Nope. 
Wow. You know, I know you old building and loan, but that's it. Because I think that's very funny. Do you have any other? Uh... So many that I've not seen. <laughs> what are your favorite Christmas movies, Jen? I really, really love Elf. Uh, you yeah. really can't go Leo's wrong. Leo's never seen one. Elf. Oh, he threw me right under the bus. That's the one I haven't seen. Yeah, really? Goes. That's the one that's like, there's parts of it, though, like any part with, oh, God, I'm going to. No, remember. you're wrong. I know what you're about to say. Zoe Deschanel, is that her name? She's great in that movie. God, I can't handle it. She's not doing this before she started doing the adorable thing. She's like a serious actress in that movie. No, she's good in the movie. Her character isn't bad. It's just weird watching her fall in love with an actual, like, a dude who straight up seems like a child in a man's body. It scares me. I'm like, you shouldn't be attracted to that. With a man also that looks like Will Ferrell. (laughs) She is into Elf. She is into Buddy in like a damn boy, like sort of way. Like she's first charmed by his nativity, but also then like, I see what you're doing, what you're working with over there, Will Ferrell, you know? It was just She wants the whole package. Weird. It was a weird element to the Christmas film that I didn't didn't know why it had to be there. Well, there's so a lot weird. of weird stuff in that movie. I think it's what makes it work, like when Tyrion Lannister shows up in the middle for yes. not really any reason. <laughs> that was also interesting. That was his whole career at the po- at that time. Oh yeah. It was that, it was Death at a Funeral. He was in the a- remake of <laughs> He's in the station agent. Yeah, except for like a bunch of indies nobody saw. Except for me when I was 16 and watched all of his movies. So the couple of rules that we've come up with for our writing challenge is we are going to sort of take turns writing the story. And we're going to actually be posting it on our blog. And there'll be links to the blog in our show notes. Um, So all of our listeners, all three of them, can not just follow (laughs) along with the podcast, but can read along with our story. And the other kind of rule is there is a very popular kind of edgy trope to Christmas movies, which is, oh, my favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard or Gremlins or, you know, something that is completely unrelated to Christmas, but just happens to be taking place in Christmas. This is a full blown Christmas or maybe not Christmas, as you'll see, but a full blown the spirit of the season the goodness and magic of the holidays, lifetime hallmark, cheesy, gooey goodness. Well, wait a minute, though. If we're going to do this holidays thing, Leah, are we going to make it Hanukkah and Christmas themed? Are we doing Chrismaka? So we've got a plan for this. So our plan... Wait a minute. Let me, let me sing the theme song. Okay, go for it. Christmas time is here again. And now it's time to figure out what we're gonna write for Christmas time? Oh, Christmas, 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 Christmas time is here. Ba 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 ba. Is that the I, I hate it. I hate it. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, that was. Christmas time is painless. Oh, so we're actually gonna play mash. In order to... Did they not get that from the theme song? <laughs> I, I'm stunned. I'm still just absolutely stunned. Jen's going to be radar. Remind us what MASH is. Okay, so MASH is a game that a lot of, uh, particularly girls, uh, play as kids. Where you are predicting your future and who you're going to fall in love with and where you're going to live through um, a piece of paper and process of elimination. So we've created a mash setup 
to basically create the setup for our novel. So instead of MASH in this instance, standing for mansion, apartment, shack, or house, MASH stands for four of the main holiday movie tropes. So M is move into the country where the protagonist is a big city slicker and they have to pick up and go to the country either for work or to move back home or something. And it takes them out of their element and they have to learn about the spirit of Christmas from the simpler folk in the country. One of my favorite movie, TV, anything tropes. Really? Yeah. Hard Dixie, Doc Hollywood. There's tons of them I love. So A is Astral Retribution. That is your Christmas carol. This is the ghost of the holidays coming to teach you a lesson. It's your Christmas carol. It's a wonderful life. Family man. Family man. Um, all of those, you know, where the ghosts of the past have to teach you about being in the present. Yeah. S is for switcheroo. This is your Prince and the Popper, your Princess Switch. Freaky Friday? Freaky Friday. It could be a body switch thing. But something in switcheroo, things get, wires get crossed, things get mixed up, and hijinks ensues. Mm. And then H is the air unapparent. So this is the so-and-so. It's the opposite of moving to the country. It's your country mouse goes to the big city. It's your poor struggling artist finds out that she's the princess of Belgravia. Genovia. Genovia. Yeah. (laughs) That European country that looks like the postcard of Europe. Everyone speaks English. Everyone speaks British British English. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The the white people version of Wakanda. Yeah. Yeah, God. (laughs) So then we have a section for our protagonists, their career. Jesse noticed when we were watching these that every Lifetime Hallmark Netflix Christmas movie uh, protagonist has a absolute bonkers job. Yeah, they all have a job. It's almost like in the romantic comedies where men are always architects. The women are always, not the women, but the protagonists in movies, which have all been women so far, have a job that the writer certainly like heard of on like a HuffPo article or something where it's like, Oh, they're a blogger, or they're a editor at a magazine, or they're a photographer, but they have to take kids' photos. And Oh, you mean like Advent Calendar? Did you guys watch that one? We started watching that yeah, one. That'll yeah, that'll probably be what we watched tonight. Or like they're, uh, there's, I think there was one where somebody's a dog walker. It's just stuff like that that is like not real jobs, but it's their career and it affords them a gigantic loft in New York City. <laughs> but, but their life is just so hard because their managers are so tough to them all the time and then and they don't get to live their dream which is doing the job that they're already doing but making more money i guess or one of our friends pointed out in the princess switch the vanessa hudgens character who is probably based on the math still shy of 30 has this huge bakery that is the best kept secret in chicago so we're not quite sure if the bakery is doing well or not, but it's huge and it clearly costs a lot of money to rent the space. Yeah, but then she went to an international baking competition based on the success of the bakery. So, Or the success of the entry. Maybe. Yeah, but that other lady who had won last year knew who she was. So she that means if the best in the, the world knew who she was, that means she's popular, right? I guess. I would assume. I don't know. It's not you worth think. overthinking. <laughs> But, you know, it's something like that that's, like, it's so hard to make that a living, uh, and that's their living. A lot of, lot of very successful bloggers who are just able to travel the world because they blog. Yeah, travel writers and... Which is not really a thing, but... 
<laughs> so for our protagonist, our protagonist is either going to be a blogger, a dog walk- walker, an arts and crafter. Is a dog walker or is a dog trainer? Dog, you wanted it to be a dog walker with aspirations of being a dog trainer. Oh, I just wanted to Oh, they trainer. could be like a dog walker for like a rover, you know, the app or something. Like that's yeah. a, they're like a, basically the Uber driver. Because if we do that, then we can do another staple of these things. And that's making up fake app names. That's basically the same app. Like with Leah's switch thing at the beginning of mm-hmm. the month. Oh, a lot yeah. of that comes from Riverdale. I absolutely adore the fake, uh, the fake company names in Riverdale. Like they have the American Excess card, the five C's. Uh, Sh- uh, Shangsha. Shangsha Prison. It's just, it's absolutely bananas. And I think that stuff is so much fun. So, either a blogger, a dog worker, an arts and crafter, what's kind of the like Etsy, you know, edge to it, or uh, a big shot. So, if, you know, they're uh, an executive that needs to learn the meaning of Christmas or. Uh, you know, it's like a. This this female lawyer is so successful, but she can't have a happy relationship because she works too hard and she's mean. That yes. sort of that sort of one. Even though she just has high standards and is probably very proud of the work she does, we're still going to shame her for or those just things. A woman in business, you yeah, know, like, we're still going to shame her for yeah. those things. So then, of course, the, your protagonist needs a best friend. Um, their best friend is either going to be some sort of precocious child, yes, who probably is in cahoots with Santa. One of my faves. Uh, a small, possibly talking animal. Yes. Uh, their last living relative, uh, an eccentric aunt, their widow or father, or some sort of wild child party animal who kind of drunkenly pushes them into situations that they're not comfortable in. Uh-huh. Then there's the love interest. Uh, the love interest was inspired by that ridiculous Twitter post about if you take the various pieces of manic pixie dream girl and you switch them it's the depressed demon nightmare boy and then they're exam they're like well what if that can't be true and it's like oh wait and it's a picture of kylo ren Mm. and of course my heart went all a flutter and so we decided to give that protagonist or the not the antagonist but the love interest some kind of trope like that so either they're going to have those sort of manic pixie qualities They're going to be kind of that reluctant leader, be it, you know, someone who has to take over their father's business. They might... A king, a prince that doesn't want the kingdom. Exactly. Something that where they're they're taking on their duties, but with reluctance. Then, of course, the depressive demon, the dark, the brooding, the one that has to be really shown the light of the holidays. Or, of course, the pining friend. Because there's always in these movies the love that you just never saw that was with you the entire time. Yeah, the ducky. And then, to pick the holiday, we picked four holidays that will be part of our mash. So there's Christmas, Hanukkah, Yule, or some sort of pagan uh, solstice celebration, and then Boxing Day. The biggest thing we're going to hear is, why didn't you pick Kwanzaa or another holiday of that nature? The three of us are all white people. We're not going to do that because it would probably be really insensitive, not great, and just kind of rude for us to assume that we understand. What, what I don't think are... we could pull it off. Is yeah. No, it comes I don't think we could. <laughs> I, think, I think we would have been fine, but it's also like we could not have gone as far as we wanted to. Like, we could probably write, like, a respectful Kwanzaa story. True. But also, like, we could also not. Yeah, we, we <laughs> just, just wouldn't understand. Like, I think it's unlikely we would be able to pull off a humorous kind of playful look at it, you know? Yeah. 
And I would rather not attempt it and leave that space open for people who can and write about something that I am a lot more comfortable with. Yeah, that's the thing, too, is I don't know the first thing about Kwanzaa. So So, since Jen is the one who is not in the same room. Remind us of what this is, how the logistics of MASH works. Okay, so how MASH is going to work is... Radar hears the the choppers and they come in and then you got to interrupt Hawkeye when he's playing golf. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) So I'm going to say start, and I'm going to start drawing a swirly shape on our notepad. And then when Jen says stop, I'm going to count the spaces in between that swirly shape. And we're going to start eliminating various things. So probably what will happen in the version of this that is posted for the internet there will be a lot of this dead air that is cut out. Well, no. Jen and I can talk. Okay. She's going to start the swirly. All right. And, Jesse, you say start. Start. Now, Jen, tell us, stop when you feel like telling us stop. Stop. Okay. So we have one, two, three, four, five. Five. All right. And now, how does this work again? So now I'm going to count for every five, I'm going to cross something off. Until we have one left in each in category. Each category. So blogger is out. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, small talking animal is out. Oh, man. Those are my two favorite ones. <laughs> uh, oh, depressive demon is out. Oh, no. Oh, that one was my favorite one. Boxing day is out. No, I had so many ideas for that one. <laughs> All right, Dog Walker is out. Yeah. The Wild One as a Best Friend is out. Oh, man. Hanukkah is out. Oh, no, man. I wanted to do Hanukkah so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those don't have to be not in the story, too. They're just not the... Right, it's just not the main focus. Oh, well, that kind so of... So the, the Heir Unapparent is out. Okay. The Manic Pixie Love Interest is out. That was confusing. What is a Manic Pixie Dream Boy? Or well, girl, I guess. I guess we don't have to be so different with this. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, you had the fun idea of the minute uh, from that one Reddit thing where it was a uh, depressive demon nightmare woman and a manic pixie dream boy, and oh, it was yeah. Andy and April from from Parks and Rec. Yeah. Oh my god, it is. <laughs> All right. The moving to the country is oh, out. Man, oh my city mouse, country mouses. The precocious child is out. Hmm. Was Almost there. What was that one? That was the Hold astral. On. There we go. We're narrowing it down to the last few. Okay. Are we ready for how our story is going to go? I'm ready. Okay. So we are going to tell a switcheroo tale yeah. where the big shot, aided by her last living relative, falls for her pining friend over a pagan Yule celebration. Huh. Okay, I gotta admit, though, my least favorite trope of romance in any movie ever is the one where they fall in love with their friend. Their well, friend we're gonna have to make it work. I, I think so much. I think it's the same thing. So one of the things yeah, I like that I thought would be fun to do with this might actually be to flip the conventional genders on this. Or maybe not even to flip the genders, but to kind of throw gender out the window a little bit. So who says the pining friend has to be this sort of weak beta male dude that is often portrayed in these things as sort of the like friend zone guy? I think that character is pretty toxic. Yeah, we but can do it without that guy. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that guy. It can mm-hmm. actually be maybe not that woman, but a woman who is just by nature someone who is 
supportive and caring and some, you know, the big shot notices that they didn't realize this about them and that it's something that they've needed and relied on. Mm-hmm. Oh, and last living relative is their best friend. What should that be? Well, let's flesh out our, who our protagonist is. So oh, our protagonist man. is a big shot who's going to do a little switcheroo. Do we want this person to be a woman, a man, or neither? I think it'd be fun to do a man because it's so often a woman. What's their big shot job? It's kind of cheating that this one also gets a second job, but... Well, there's no reason to stay away from the, like, the the, the tropey kind of things. There's no reason he can't be a big shot architect. Architect? Or a lawyer. Or a lawyer. Or he owns a vague company. <laughs> oh, yeah. He just is good at, he's good at business. He just works in like business. We never really clearly know what. Yeah, he's like a he's like an internet startup owner, but he still has like a factory like floor to go through. Like a web developer. Yeah, or like he's they sell it's a it's a startup, but they like sell like uh, some sort of like vaguely millennial product, like uh, smart canteens, you know. Or like- <laughs> I was, right down smart I was picturing literally like Christian Grey, and then you took it somewhere way different than I did. <laughs> oh, what was your idea? Literally just how Christian Grey vaguely owns a very good, like, wealthy company and, like, acquires other companies. Like, it's other never investors. clear what his job is. Well, that happens on um, Gilmore Girls, Lorelai's dad, in one episode. They're like, he finally has a job. They're like, what's your job? He goes, business. And everyone just accepts it. <laughs> I mean, if we get any more specific, we're going to have to learn about some sort of industry. Well, my idea was with the switcheroo. So so he, well, my idea is there has to be a company, though, where he is in the office all the time. But there's also a, like, working people contingency. Like, he can go visit, like, the warehouse. Because then that would be, I think, where the switcher and the switchy would be. So if it's a twin thing, that's where he'd find like this rough guy that kind of looks like him. You know what I mean? Who's like on the assembly line. Yeah. Or, you know, he finds his long lost twin or maybe, maybe it's an analyst. Maybe he's, like a computer guy. Was it like Big Shot like he's like successful or Big Shot like he's like Patrick Bateman or Christian Grey? Well, Christian Grey is successful. Patrick Bateman's successful? Nah, like mid-level successful. Yeah, yeah. Like that or like... No, like I think more like Christian Grey, Miranda Priestly. Oh, okay. So like he's... Top of his game. He's like a business guy? He's a business guy. I'm, I'm not crossing out smart canteens. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that idea. I also like the idea of like... He has some sort of assistant who's in love with him. Oh, yeah. He's, like, been his assistant, like, long-term for years and years. Like, he hired his best friend. Like, I just gave you that job because you're my friend. But then, like, that's who's, like, the love interest. I like that. But what I thought would be fun is having it still be a dude so it's a gay love story. Oh, yeah. Yes! Because naturally, I just take it there. Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) We could still have it um, be a chick. But if that's the case, I don't want her to be an assistant because I'm so tired of that. Well, what if, like, even even if it is another guy, what if we take the power, instead of making it seem, especially in the wake of this sort of Me Too movement, instead of making it a power dynamic, what if it is a co-creator? What if it is the person who... Oh, just the partner of the business. Yeah. Right. Or someone that decided, like, uh, we had this great idea and you were the numbers guy and I was the creative guy. So I stepped back, you know, and supported you, but I didn't need to be involved in the nitty gritty. And this is the guy who's really involved in the the daily operations and the acquisitions and mergers. What if it's a movie producer and his, like, acting friend that they like came up together and he like produces all of his movies do you know what i mean because they'd still be a big shot i still know what the switcheroo situation would be 
Because the switcheroo thing, I think, is that's a good way to find a whole new batch of love interests. But if it's supposed to be a person that's always been there, then that's hard to access by pivoting out. Do you know what I mean? I guess what is our what is our because then the power things there a little bit, but that's also like man, remember our first movie, our indie we made, you know, like and then they could I don't know. That's my idea. <laughs> well, what is it that our so our protagonist is some sort of big shot in business? What is he missing? Like, what is the thing in his life that he doesn't have? What do you mean? Like, what is the, what is the piece of him that is broken? Well, it's it's that big shot one, or it's the family, or compassion, or it's the Scrooge thing, right? Essentially, sort of, yeah. What was what was Scrooge missing? Well, so if we're saying that he needs to sort of, you know, settle down, stop working, and remember the reason for the season, um, which I guess if it's some sort of pagan holiday may mean copulating in some way. Oh, that's true. I don't know. I have to look it up. Well, I think we should. what we should do now is just put together the bones of it, because I think once we start writing and sharing with each other, a lot of it's going to get fleshed out. Yeah, the, per- the little personality quirks are going to get fleshed out. Yeah. So, like, what is his what is his big shot job then? Because I'm fine with just vague business. I think that's fun. I think vague business is fun. Who's he switching with? Yeah, who's his switcheroo? Yeah, that one's tricky for me. You guys have to think of that. <laughs> All I could think of is like I think earlier you said like an IT guy, right? Yeah. Somebody that would come in and out of these things that wouldn't be there all of the time and like a temp. Yeah. Yeah. So something like that, some sort of. I do like it. Like the idea of like a contractor, you know, like a temp um, who's just like there to maybe like, maybe they're just there to like figure out the lighting situation for the like Christmas lights or something. Oh, yeah. 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 I like that idea a lot. So I like that. So I'll write down temp. Mm -hmm. Temp. Is is temp short for temperature? Yeah, the temperature employee. That's what I thought, yeah, because they're always so hot. <laughs> oh, no. What if it's a temporary... Secretary? Secretary. <laughs> that could be the title. And temporary so what's the next... secretary. So then what's the next one? So then we need to figure out their best friend, which is their last living relative. Who oh, is, okay. Who is our big shot's last living relative? Old moms <laughs> do a lot of legwork for, like, sentimentality, but they're also so fucking sad. Almost more, I think... Well, I'm, I think... Widow dads are sadder, but widowed moms are like devastating. You know, like it, it's like the mom from Requiem for a Dream versus like the dad on the Christmas Prince or or uh, or John Goodman in uh, Coyote Ugly or uh, Superman's not Superman's got Spider Man's aunt. Oh yeah, Aunt May. Oh, which one, old Aunt May or hot Aunt May? Old Aunt May, hot Aunt May. I, I wasn't feeling that one. She wasn't as uh, tragic. No, she's not supposed to be. I was feeling hot at me. <laughs> I just like that actress a lot. Well, I would like to see, I think it would be really fun when I think of like in the weird novelization of my story, if I didn't have, if everyone in my family were dead, like who would make one of the kind of most interesting, quirky characters to have around. I have a an aunt who is a little bit older than my parents. And she never married. And she's very independent. She does her own thing. I think someone like that, especially for a big shot, you know, if they're career focused and driven, they might have looked up to or been closer to someone who is unattached. But that doesn't mean that that person is like them. It just means that they they didn't quite get it. There's like a thing in like act three where they go and visit them. They're like, I tried to be just like you, and they're like, but not tur- what I wanted. Or but it turned like out that. that they have, you know, their own, yeah. you know, modern family of friends and people that are always around them yeah. to create the holidays with. And oh, there's always the third option, and I hate the third option. 
and that's like the special needs brother. That's like, another thing that like, like I love actually. Oh, or it's just like why is this? Why do you do this to us guys? But that's another thing that like the Kwanzaa thing. I don't. No, no, feel we shouldn't do it. No, it. Yeah. <laughs> I just forgot it was a thing till just now because that's the worst one. That's pretty bad, yeah. It's never handled well, and it takes away all agency from from for- anybody with with those kind of developmental. I forgot about the Love Actually one. I haven't seen that movie in forever, and it probably won't again. It probably won't again. <laughs> yeah, that's uncomfortable. I don't. So we want to be like a like an eccentric aunt or uncle, an eccentric older. Uh, relative aunt yeah. or uncle. See, if it were Hanukkah, you could just write eccentric cousin and you'd never have to explain how they're related. It would just be your cousin. That's not <laughs> a Jewish thing, is it? That's a, it's just a big family that's thing. That's a right? big family thing. Yeah, yeah, my family does that too. Spoiler alert, not Jewish. <laughs> Much of a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> so then our love interest is the pining friend, which may be a business partner maybe a secretary i like business partner better i like the idea of like the art mind behind it that kind of stepped back and now they're like reconsidering that's also one of those characters too that i think once we start writing stuff and we start adding just like the characters that make up the background one will be like all of a sudden show up a little bit more and we'll be able to go like oh let's make it that person yeah. Right. And then what's that leave Yule? I don't know anything about Yule. I'm thinking that unless we do need to research it so that we're not stupid. Mm-hmm. But, Brenner? Well, I just thought we could make it kind of witchy because I was assuming that it was a Wicca holiday, but am I wrong? It's pagan. It's not necessarily Wiccan specifically. Gotcha. We're going to Wikipedia, right? Have you guys ever heard of Wikipedia? Jen, do they have Wikipedia in Seattle? They do. That's interesting. It doesn't work as well here, though. Why is that? Is that from the censors? (laughs) Yeah, Microsoft censors that shit. I believe that. Yule or Yuletide is a festival observed by the historic Germanic peoples. Scholars have connected the celebration to the Wild Hunt, the god Odin, and the pagan Anglo-Saxon Munarimrat. It later underwent... Christianized reformation resulting in the term Christmas tide. Go down to number three, contemporary traditions. I want to read this for a second though. Present day Christmas traditions such as the Yule log and the Yule goat. You guys have Yule goats all the time, right? What's a Yule boar? Oh, Ham? So what do you mean? Contemporary traditions? Yeah, what happens in contemporary Yule feasts? I assume this is going to be an alternate world, basically, where we don't do Christmas anymore. We just do Yule, right? Where Yule is Christmas? I mean, that would be fun. Yule is Christmas, basically, at this point, the way that it's celebrated. Uh, yeah, just like modern. an alternate history, yes, right? Yeah. Yule is celebrated with gatherings that involve a meal and gift giving. Yeah. We might as well just make it Christmas then, because I don't want to be like out here writing about a ho- like a legit holiday. that like This is like you know the Kwanzaa issue, where I'm like, wait mm-hmm. a minute. This might yeah. be like a cultural no, you're thing fine. i don't know about yeah you don't want to offend the pagans it's fine we can do it <laughs> well it's not as bad to write about an anglo-saxon holiday <laughs> as a yeah. white person but this is like getting mad at us for talking in fake italian accents we can do it <laughs> mama mia a uh, mama mia we'll just look up stuff because i don't think it has to be like a one-for-one where we talk about all the time it could just really truly be like a description of like oh the yule wreath you know like whatever <laughs> Whatever stuff is in it, you know, because with Christmas books, too, you're not the entire time. You're not like, well, here's 15 pages about every Christmas fucking thing. You know, it's just you kind of set the scene and go. And from what I understand about a lot of like neo-pagans, it is a little bit of how you want to celebrate it. So we'll talk to a couple people I know that actually do observe these kind of things and see what we can learn. 
uh, listeners on the podcast, if you know anybody that celebrates Yule, please reach out to us. You can reach <laughs> us at rightsweatspod at gmail.com. We'd be happy to learn more than what this Wikipedia entry has to offer. Oh, see, if you click on it, Yule Boar, it says Christmas ham. Oh. I know I like Yule Log for Your Home, the um, the uh, Netflix show. You ever watch that, Jen? Which one? The one where it's just the log burning. Oh, I love that shit. Fireplace when I went over board. to my family's house for Thanksgiving, we watched that. I love that one. We watched that while we had a real fire going. <laughs> oh, yeah. Always. So what do we end up with then, ultimately? Okay, so we're going to have a switcheroo starring our big shot that's going to end up falling for their pining friend. Um, our big shot is some sort of smart canteen <laughs> making business person. Their job is business. And they're going to switch with one of the temps that comes through. Uh-huh. I'm liking this. Should we start with the title and work backwards? The title is... <laughs> Never mind. You'll what gotta you be say? kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> or you'll be mine. You'll be mine. You'll be mine. I yeah. like that one. You'll be mine. I like it a lot. You'll be mine. God, that's so bad. And our sequel could be called You'll Be Mine Again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, what if we made it, I mean, if we made it heterosexual, it could have been the Christmas witch, which is a nice, simple, like, Hallmark <laughs> dumbness, you know? The but Christmas I like you'll wizard. Be Christmas wizard. <laughs> Christmas warlock. Christmas warlock. Yeah. I think you'll be mine is just good enough. <laughs> it's so perfect. We mean just good enough. So I think by the time we get around to next week, we'll want to have written maybe like a meet cute. Well, who's going to start it? I think that's how we should do it. I think maybe one of us should take the first chunk and then we can sort of share how our work. How do we do a and... meet cute if the person pining is the friend that they already know? Oh, that's right. Well, there'll there'll have to be a Baxter. Oh, you know what? There there will be there will have to be love interest B. Who yeah. like you know? Who so there has up, to be a meet cute yeah. with love interest B. Who they end up choosing against? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys know that term, right? The Baxter. I've never no. heard that. No. That's the person in the um, romantic comedy who doesn't get picked. Oh. Who's like the nice guy? There's nothing really wrong with him, but then the girl goes with the yeah, the cute dog. Yeah, and it's it's from a movie called The Baxter that Michael Showalter wrote and directed, and he's the Baxter, and then the girl runs away with. Um, I think it's Elizabeth Banks runs away with. Justin Thoreau, he's like a moody bad guy who's just like, you know, the same character in all those movies. It's very good. I'm just, I, I don't understand. I thought Baxter was the dog. Oh, from Anchorman? Have you seen that movie, Leah? Me? Yes. Yeah. Oh. I just talked about it. <laughs> you didn't see Elf. So. so yeah, I guess we'll try to get through, or maybe we'll get to the actual, we'll try to push through to the actual switch. No, I think we should start with the beginning first, and then maybe the switch should be, you know, act one and a half. We can come back with the sort of established meet-cute stuff, and then that meat of the actual plot we can kind of talk over before we start it next yeah. week, maybe. I like it. That's not okay for you, Jen? Mm-hmm. Who wants to start, then? I think I kind of want to start. You want to start? Okay. I was yeah. going to jump on it if no one else did. Yeah, I think especially the more we we flesh this out, and we're, and I think the thing I liked about that I ended up doing a lot in Nano was world building and if you're gonna start it you yeah. kind of establish that so this is sort of my chance to and i'm not good at world building to do a little so. bit of world building yeah what are you good at jen anything in, in writing <laughs> yeah just um i mean i really really am good at dialogue that's like my one strong suit so i'm bad at that too i don't know if i'm good at anything 
Well, and for this kind of story, it is going to be all about the dialogue and the character relationships because that's what keeps that's what hooks you. No, it'll be fine. It'll be fun too. I think that's the most important part. It's not. To- yeah, honestly, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not about to take this too seriously. Like I'm bullshit nope. no. away. <laughs> no. I'm ready to. I think I'm more excited. Not really. Yeah, <laughs> I'm more excited to write and read this kind of stuff because I think the stakes are so much lower than anything I was putting on myself for oh, Nano. Yeah. Well, and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have insisted on this idea either had you two not made a point to talk about fanfic every episode. <laughs> you know? And not that that's a bad thing. It's just you know it, it seems that it seems to lean into your guys' interests a little bit. You know, it does, it, totally. mm-hmm. I enjoy the sort of writing like pastiches of things that I know and understand and like and dislike equally like these these movies. So I think it fits within our, our wheelhouses pretty well. And plus, we get to just keep watching the same movies we're watching and call it research. That's yeah. always good. <laughs> yeah. It's very important research. Justify. I'm excited to justify all my bullshit with that. <laughs> <laughs> this is me back on my bullshit. Uh-huh. Well, Jennifer, do you have any final thoughts about uh, Nano? In review um as an ml or as a writer or as a, a person well at the start of the episode i don't know if i really said what i would have done differently and i think um <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> it's okay well when i think about it though the thing that i would do differently is the same as yulia i would have planned more and i really couldn't this year i just didn't have any ideas my my brain felt dead so what i think i would have done is i would have um really just actually written fan fiction or anything at all anything that's easy to write for me Mm. just because it gets me into it and it starts making me think of ideas i should have looked through my old journals and like pulled out cute ideas just anything anything at all to get me a little more prepared and just done that even though i wasn't super motivated because i think it would have motivated me to do now is that why in the right of writing dangerously, you think you switched back to an old piece just because it was something you were comfortable in? Yeah, that's actually wise because I felt like I knew how to write that. I knew those characters really well. They're very those characters in particular are really fleshed out in my work. Mm. Yeah, I think if I were to do this again, and I, I don't see why I wouldn't. I think you're I'll gonna be able, have to if we're going to keep doing this podcast. Yeah, I think maybe not fleshing things out might work better for me uh, because I think this year I've learned a lot about writing, just writing not sitting there and trying to piece through everything I'm about to say. Um, so I think there's an in-between still that I haven't quite hit that I'd like to figure out next year between not planning at all and over-planning. Because so I think this year I may have over-planned a little bit, at least just mentally, even if I didn't write it down. Yeah, I've I've definitely done that before where my plan actually held me back because I felt like I couldn't deviate from it. And that wasn't good either. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see what this kind of, what our nano warm-up leads to in the next couple months. Yeah. I'm super pumped for this garbage holiday story. oh my gosh it's gonna be insane because when you also listen to what the three of us presented and read we don't write anything like each other no we don't yeah i mean i think and that's why i wanted to try to like chunk it out in different scenes or sections for each of us to write individually because i don't want to write this where one person writes one paragraph the next person writes the next one because then it just gets too goofy and dislodged and even though we know it's three of us that's fine but we have a little bit of room to do our thing for a little bit you know without being interrupted so to speak i'm ready for it guys i'm ready you ready so ready well you guys i really feel like nanorimo is all about the friends we made along the way <laughs> <laughs> and i think that'll do it for another episode of the right sweats um, 
Be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, right? Yep. Leave a review on iTunes. A nice review. And then until next time, always remember that Santa comes but once a year and Mrs. Claus comes every night. No, delete that. (laughs) My parents listen to this. No! Christmas time is here again And now it's time to figure out What we're gonna write for Christmas time